assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which, saith he, you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but you shall receive power. After that the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, You men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount called Olivet, which is about the Sabbath day's journey from Jerusalem. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study. Our teacher is Dr. John G. Mitchell, a man who was faithful in teaching the Word of God for more than 60 years throughout the Northwest. Many were blessed by his Bible teaching, and today we invite you to share in those blessings by listening to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study. The name of our study, The Unchanging Word, highlights the fact that God's Word has not changed. What God reveals in His written Word was true in the past, is still true today, and will be true tomorrow. The truth in God's Word was, is, and always will be true. God never changes. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Our study continues with Luke's words in Acts chapter 1, verse 4, where our Lord ordered His disciples to stay in Jerusalem and to wait for the promise of the Father. In verse 6, the disciples asked Jesus about the restoration of the kingdom to Israel, whether it was going to happen now. And Jesus said it was not for them to know when that would happen. Only the Father knew the fixed time when He would bring it to pass. However, the Lord did give them an understanding of what would be happening to them not many days from then. He would be sending the promise of the Father to them, that is, the Holy Spirit of God. This would be the start and beginning of the Church of Christ. Let's turn in our Bibles to Acts chapter 1 verse 4 with Dr. Mitchell on the Unchanging Word Bible Broadcast. Good day, friends. We again come to you, and we have started brief studies in the book of Acts. When I say brief, I'm not declaring when I will get through, but I do want you to get a, at least some idea of this amazing book of Acts, which has been so mis much misunderstood by both its enemies and its friends. The book of Acts comes between 
It bridges the gap, shall I say, between the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then the book of Romans, starting the epistles. The book of Acts is, is a book of history. It gives to us the, uh, the work, the service, the ministry of the Spirit of God through the church, through his people. It's a wonderful book. But you must take the whole book to get the moving of the Spirit of God through the book. That's why I'm, I'm shall I say, insisting that you read the whole book through. And if you cannot find the time to read the whole book through, would you read the first 12 chapters through over and over again? And follow along with us as we seek to find out what God's purpose is in the book. You remember that Luke is the writer. He writes to his friend Theophilus. He had already written the gospel through Luke to Theophilus to confirm the message which he had received from others. And in the book of Acts, he gives to Theophilus the history of the Spirit of God moving through his people in bearing testimony, not only in Jerusalem, not only to the Jews and then to the Samaritans, but also to the uttermost parts of the earth. And uh, the book starts in Jerusalem, the center of Judaism. The book ends with the gospel and its footage in pagan Rome. My, what a distance from Jerusalem to Rome, from the knowledge of the one true God to a nation full of paganism, gods of all kinds. Yes, how God moves. And in a few years, in a few years, the gospel, the good news of God to men had reached the whole Roman Empire. My friend, this brings conviction to my heart and to your heart. We've had the word of God for 1,900 years. And yet while I'm talking to you, there are millions upon millions of people who have never heard, never have heard God's good news to men concerning his son, Jesus Christ. I'm well aware of the fact that one can only witness to their generation. And down through the centuries, sometimes the church was absolutely in, shall I say, dead as far as activity for God is concerned. And yet all the way through, God's always had a remnant who were faithful to him. Oftentimes they suffered for it. And if the truth of the living Christ ever gets a hold of your heart and my heart, we too will become flaming evangelists. That doesn't mean you're going to go out and preach. But your very life and your very words, you'll be so in love with the Savior who put away your sins. He so loved you, my friend, to sacrifice himself for you. And guaranteed that salvation in, his, in resurrection and exaltation. And the marvelous thing is that our Savior is today at the right hand of God. He's working out his program and his purpose in you and in me and in the church of Jesus Christ. Do pray these days. May I inject this here? Do pray for a reviving of his people here in America, that the church of Christ might be revived in its spirit, in its outlook. We may be delivered from worldliness, from carnality, and we may be delivered from the humanistic, materialistic philosophies of the day become flaming evangels for the Savior. I tell you, these men, Peter, James, John, the rest of them, when the Lord was with them for 40 days, teaching them the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, 
They were never again the same. Never again the same. And when he gets a hold of you and me, we too will be never again the same. Now, the book of Acts chapter 1 we were reading in our last lesson, the first three verses, where our Lord, you remember, began to to and to teach until he was taken away. We continue the ministry of our Savior. Just as he could say in Luke 4.18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to give deliverance to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. We carry on the same ministry by the Spirit of God. And the book of Acts is the history of the early church carrying on his ministry. The wonderful good news from God to men. Now you have, you have this fact in verses 4 to 8. I closed our last lesson with the fact that the risen Son of God was the theme of the early church. In the book of Acts, chapter 2, what's Peter's message? This Jesus whom you crucified, God, is raised from the dead and exalted to be a prince and a savior. What's Paul's message when he goes down to the philosophical Athens? He preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. All the way through, the great theme of the book of Acts is the risen Christ. He showed himself alive after his death by many infallible proofs. And to me, the most astounding thing is in the book of Acts, more than 30 times they talk about the resurrection of our Savior, and less than 10 times they speak of his suffering and death. We've got to think kind of twisted today. I'm not opposed to the suffering of our Savior at the cross. Please don't misunderstand me. We'll never begin to exhaust the marvel of Calvary. No human mind can begin to plumb the depths of what the Father suffered at the cross and what the Lord Jesus Christ went through when he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But that's not the end. The resurrection was the confirmation of that. And these men went out as flaming evangels because they had seen the risen Savior. They knew he lived. They knew the Spirit of God was upon them and they preached Jesus and the resurrection. I repeat it, our country and the whole world needs the message of a risen Christ. Oh, how far we as a nation have gotten away from the word of God. We've turned our backs on the person of one who's on the throne of God as if he wasn't alive. God have mercy on us as a nation. And may we believers confess our sins before God. It may be that God may have mercy upon us even yet and give to America an outpouring of the Spirit of God wherein tens of thousands of men and women will be saved and transformed. And when souls who are in the place of leadership, whether it be in the federal government or the state government, they'll come to know something of the reality of a life in Christ Jesus. Join with me in prayer for that, will you? That God may move upon us as a nation, that we have a risen Christ, one who died, who was buried, who was raised again, and one who's at the right hand of God today, working out his own plan and purpose. And the amazing thing is he calls upon men and women to cooperate with him. He isn't going to call upon angels, neither Michael nor Gabriel, the great 
the great angelic uh, leaders of the angelic host in glory calls upon you, calls upon me to be his witnesses of his resurrection. So I say again, the great theme of the early church was the resurrection of our Lord. Now you've got his final words in verses 4 to 8 of the first chapter of Acts. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but you shall receive power, the Spirit of God coming upon you. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. I've read those verses because I want you to get these final words of our Savior to his disciples. Now remember, in chapters 13 through 17, just before our Lord was crucified, he instructed these men from chapter 13 right through chapter 17. In fact, chapter 17 is his high priestly prayer on their behalf that they might be delivered from the world and so on. I don't want to go into that except to mention the fact that he instructed them in the upper room. In fact, I would say that all the great truths in the epistles are in seed form in chapters 13 through 17 of John's Gospel. Now, when we come to the book of Acts, these men were instructed for 40 more days by the Savior, not only up in the upper room from 13 to 17 of John, but for 40 more days he instructed them concerning the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Now he gives his final words when he had them all assembled together that they should not leave Jerusalem. They must stay at Jerusalem uh, and wait there for the promise of the Father which saith he, you've heard of me. I remember in the last part of, of Luke chapter 24, our Lord said to the disciples, you remember from verse 45 on through, how he opened up their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. And then he said to them that you are witnesses of these things, of what things? Of his suffering, of his death, of his resurrection. Beginning at Jerusalem, you must preach be my witnesses, and preach in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Then he led them to Bethany and went up in a cloud on the Mount of Olives. Now what I'm saying here is, that's how, it, that's how the gospel through Luke ends. You start in the book of Acts, he follows right along. And he tells them they must wait for the promise of the Father. You remember the promise of the Father is spoken of in the book of Joel, chapter 2. And he commanded them to stay until, until they were endued with power from on high. 
Now, this made the disciples kind of feel kind of funny about it. They said, why? Wilt thou at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? They didn't yet understand the Savior. I want you to mark this. These are his final words. John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days hence. Wait in Jerusalem, and in a few days you're going to be baptized by the Holy Spirit. Now, they should have realized that. He spoke of that over in John chapter 7 and many other passages. And when they were come together, they said to him, Verse 6, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Was not the glory to follow suffering? Now, Lord, you have already suffered. You have fulfilled all the scriptures concerning your first coming to the earth. You fulfill the 22nd Psalm, the 69th Psalm, Isaiah 50, Isaiah 52, Isaiah 53, and they could have gone on through concerning the suffering of the Messiah. But now you've already suffered, you've been crucified, you've been buried, you've been raised from the dead. Now, there's only one thing left. Set up the kingdom. You see, they still had this earthly kingdom in their mind. But you see, the Lord Jesus said, not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own hand. This is, out of, this is out, of your, out of your jurisdiction. The restoration of the kingdom is not in your hands or my hands. It's in my Father's hands. And listen, while you wait for the setting up of the kingdom, I've got a job for you to do. Wasn't that nice of the Lord to tell them that? Now, let's get the picture. He's taught them for 40 days and 40 nights. Pardon me. He's taught me for 40 days. He's taught them things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Then he said, now, you waited Jerusalem for the promise of the Father. You remember John baptized with water, and he said, that is, John said, that you'd be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, I say to you, John indeed baptized with water, you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days hence. Oh, then, then you're going to start up the kingdom because the book of Joel says when the Lord, the day of the Lord is going to start with what? When God's going to pour out his Spirit upon all flesh. Your young men shall dream dreams, your old men shall see visions and so on. Lord, wonderful, then you're going to start up the kingdom because the outpouring of the Spirit of God is going to be upon the nation Israel in the kingdom. And they're going to be God's messengers to the nations of the earth. The Old Testament is full of this. So I'm not surprised that the disciples made this statement, Lord, wilt thou at this time then restore the kingdom to Israel? It's not in your hand. The time, the time element for the starting and setting up of the kingdom is in my Father's hands. But while we wait for the Father to set up the kingdom, I've got a job for you to do. Verse 8. You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. While we wait, I've got a job for you to do. I'm going to make you responsible. You've got a tremendous responsibility. I'm going to make you my mouthpieces my witnesses to the whole world. 
Listen to us. You shall receive power. After that, the Spirit of God has come upon you. They'll be my witnesses. Here is God's plan of operation between the resurrection of Christ and his return in power and glory. He gives to his people a tremendous responsibility. I find words inadequate to reveal to you what I believe was in the heart of the Savior when he said to the disciples who were looking for a coming kingdom, this kingdom is in my Father's hand. The time of it is in my Father's hand, and he's always on time. But I want to give you a responsibility. The Spirit of God is going to come upon you. Remember, he said in a few days, you're going to be baptized with the Spirit of God. And you're going to have a job. First of all, you're going to be my witnesses. Who? All believers, not just the 12 apostles, all believers. Not just preachers, not just teachers, every believer. You should receive power. Anyone who has the Spirit of God is called upon to be a witness for God. I say, Mr. Mitchell, I, I, just, I just can't do that. I just can't do that. I'm not saying how you will do it. I'm telling you the responsibility is upon all of us, just like Paul could say to the, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. I don't think he just means we, we apostles. I think it's all us believers. All of us have the Spirit of God if we're a believer in Christ, if you're born again soul, born of the Spirit of God, indwelt by the Spirit of God, baptized into the body of Christ, you have the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God is the power given to you and to me. What for? To be his witnesses. My friend, I can't dodge the issue. We're to be his witnesses. Who? Every believer. How shall I witness? The Spirit of God will be upon you to do the job. God knows our frailty. God knows how weak we are. God knows how ignorant we are too. But the Spirit of God will come upon you to do it. That's why I plead with you to read your Bible. That gives the Spirit of God something to speak through you to somebody else. We have to do it by the Spirit of God. Of whom do we speak? Very simple. You're going to be witnesses unto me. Christ must be the theme. You remember in Romans chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, the gospel is concerning a person. A real man, the son of David, come to the flesh, declared the son of God risen with power by the resurrection from the dead. We've got a risen Christ to be our theme. He has put away our sins and destroyed the power of death. I tell you, we've got a real person of whom to witness. Not some denomination, not some organization, not some far-out thing. The very center of our testimony ought to be the person of our Lord Jesus Christ who was raised from the dead, a risen and exalted Savior. Just as Peter could say to the leaders of Israel in Acts chapter 5, this Jesus whom you crucified, buried, 
God has raised up and exalted to be a prince and a saviour. And where are we to go? Everywhere. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. Well, uh, is God going to start and call me to go to the farthest ends of the earth? No, you start at Jerusalem. You start right where you live. You start right where you are. An airplane ride is not going to make you testimony. Going by ship is not going to change you. Or whatever your transportation may be, God has put you right where you are, right where you are now, my friend, right where you live. Even if it's in Southern California or in British Columbia or Washington or Oregon, wherever you may be, I want to tell you, my friend, God wants you and me to be his witnesses wherever we are. Wherever we are. What for? To declare his word to men of a risen, glorified Savior. He must be the theme of our witness. The tragedy is we witness about everything except the living, wonderful Son of God. So I plead with you this morning to do this. Get fall in love with the Savior. Tell somebody else about him. And the Lord bless you today for his precious name's sake. We trust that your hearts have been blessed and encouraged through the study of God's Word. You may write to us with your comments and your prayer requests to The Unchanging Word, P.O. Box 398, Dallas, Oregon, 97338. The Unchanging Word. And so until next time, this is The Unchanging Word radio broadcast.